Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla D. Here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth, not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is April the 15th of the year 2023. I am the host, founder, and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. Now, today I will be sharing a special message from my brother in Christ, Dr. Frederick K. Price Jr. He is the pastor and teacher of Crenshaw Christian Center, located in Los Angeles, uh, California. He is an awesome teacher in the body of Christ, one of the best I have ever heard. And the message that I will be sharing today from Dr. Price is the pursuit of holiness. He ex he will be exposing idolatry in the church. And if you listen to me on a regular basis, that's what I do. And he does the same thing. He exposes false teaching in the church. Um, he exposed false Christians in the church and it's done with love because if we don't teach people truth, Bible truth, you can't grow in faith. And not only that, you don't know if you saved or not. So, um, sit back and listen to this powerful message. And next weekend I'll be returning with a, uh, another message, very powerful message, uh, about Jesus. So sit back and enjoy. Get Oh, and get your Bibles and get your pen and paper so that you can take notes, okay? Galatians 5.16. Galatians 5.16. We have been in the pursuit of holiness. In the pursuit of holiness. How many of you know that God is holy? Yes, he is holy. And he has sanctified his people and called his people to live a life of holiness. Therefore, if he is holy, we should be holy as well. And so holiness is the set apart lifestyle. It is the lifestyle that says, I am different than those in the world. And I don't live worldly. I don't live carnally. I don't live like I used to live before I was born again. That is the lifestyle of holiness. And it's a part of the Christian walk. Here in Galatians 5, verse 16, Paul says, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It says for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh or wars against or comes against and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish but if you're led by the spirit you are not under the law and then he says in verse 19 now the works of the flesh are what they are evident they are not difficult to detect they are what evident. they are evident they are obvious it is apparent what they are. So he says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. We talked about this. Fornication. We talked about this. Uncleanness. We talked about this as well. And we left off, or the last one we covered was lewdness. We'll move on to verse 20. Number five is idolatry. Now we've talked about idolatry. We talked about it briefly when we were discussing adultery because we established some things in reference to adultery. We have a tendency to 
maybe just think of one thing specifically when we think of adultery, a physical act, you know, infidelity, uh, uh, going out of the marital covenant, uh, you know, beyond our spouse and, and dealing with someone else inappropriately. And so that, and that is adultery. That's the, the, the physical or, or fleshly aspect of adultery. But, you know, Jesus brought some interesting things up when he said, now you've heard that it said not to commit adultery. He says, but I say to you, if you lust after a woman in your heart, you've already committed the act. Soulish adultery. And then God was very clear in the Old Testament, you shall have no other gods before me. That's that spiritual adultery. So spiritual adultery and idolatry, right, are the same thing. Now, when we hear idolatry, we think of other gods, right? And, you know, for us, at least on the surface, I'm sure every single person in this sanctuary would say, Pastor, you can skip that one. Because no one in here is worshiping other gods. Right? <laughs> Pastor, go on, you can go on to, you can probably skip sorcery too. You can go on to hatred because, you know, God is God. I'm, I, the most high God. That's who I, Jesus is my Savior and Lord. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Why would I go after another God? I mean, as a matter of fact, is there anyone in here that on a daily basis you commit idolatry? Anyone? Or you work idolatry? No one? Okay. Now think about this. Why would Paul, why would Paul write this to Christians? Because isn't it obvious that we wouldn't go after other gods? Yes. I'm born again, right? Yes. If I'm born again, why would I waste time going out? I mean, the mere fact that I accepted Jesus as a Messiah. Isn't that saying that I believe that there is one true God? And that the way to him is through his son, Jesus? I'm saying that by that act, right? So why would Paul need to inform me about idolatry? Why would I even get involved in idolatry I would never blatantly go after another God right however there may be some unknowns that we need to address now we talked about this before in reference to allowing things to lord over our life see when you lift your hands you know we, we come to uh, uh, church and we lift our hands during praise and worship time and we give him the worship and the adulation and the and the honor that he so deserves right i mean it's almost a moment of of pledging allegiance to god we, we lift our hands and, and we're we're singing praises unto him see that's that obvious worship but you know there are some other forms of worship or some other things that are identified as worship in the scripture you know, like living a lifestyle of holiness is actually worship before God. And, you know, sometimes when we allow things to come into our life and they become a preference or they become more important than God, we don't even realize that we're beginning to trickle over into idolatry. If I place anything above God, it has become my God. If I deem something as more important than God, then it has become my God. But you say, no, 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 I love God. He's first and foremost in my life. Your words say that, but your deeds and actions don't reflect that. And so because they don't reflect that, then it appears that there may be some other things that are more important to you. Now, just think about this. If we act like something is more important than God, then how can we call God God? I mean, Jesus said to Peter, you know, when he said, get behind me, Satan, you're an offense to me. Right, but he made this interesting statement. He said, you're more mindful of the things of man. So your mind is set, Peter, on earthly things and not godly things. Is it possible that the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life have become more important than God? And we have made them our idols. We've made Cars are idols. We've made the opposite sex our idols. We've made sports our idol. We've made money our idol. We've made the pursuit of success our idol. 
and we do everything in our life to make sure that we accomplish that and we put God in the back seat because, you know, church is always there. There's always going to be a Sunday to go to church. So let me do some other things right now. Go to 1 Samuel 15. First Samuel chapter 15. I'll tell you the verse in a moment. Well, you know what? Wait, before I do that, or you can, you can go there, but listen to this. Okay, idolatry. Oh, watch this. Okay, here's what it means. Image worship. Image worship. You know, worshiping an image of something. See, that's what paganism was. They were, they were, they were worshiping images. In other words, evil angels were the false deities. Right, the host of heaven. The third that fell with uh, uh, Lucifer, Satan. Those were the actual pagan gods and deities. And then demons were the images of those deities. The Old Testament shows us that, that, that the, the graven images of demons were the images of the pagan gods. So there were those that they worshipped the image. Never even met the deity behind the image. But they worshipped the image. And images are worshipped today. Yeah, maybe we're not worshipping the image of, uh, you know, a woman with three heads and, and eight arms. We, we might run away from that, but there may be some other images that we are worshipping without realizing that we're worshipping these images. And they're on TV all the time. And sometimes we allow the, the television and what media says in reference to how we should look and what we should wear. We let that govern our lives. And if we don't look like that, then our self-esteem is low. There's something wrong with that. So the worship, so it's image worship. It's the worship of false gods, right? Of the formal sacrificial feast held in honor of false gods, of avarice or greed as worship of mammon. In the plural, idolatry consists of the vices that spring from idolatry. And the vices that are peculiar to idolatry. All right, you in First Samuel? Because pastor, I wouldn't, I mean, God and, and Buddha, no contest. You know, I'm going with God. I wouldn't worship Allah. I wouldn't worship uh, uh, the image of Buddha. I wouldn't worship any Hindu deities. I, I, I worship God. But, but that doesn't mean that you may not be caught up in idolatry. All right, 1 Samuel 15. Now watch this. You have heard, right, that it is, that obedience is better than sacrifice, right? Yes. Who, who, who's heard that? That obedience is, yes. is better than sacrifice. But do you know that in order to be obedient, you have to first obey? Yeah. Right? Like when you, when, when you say that your child is an obedient child, why do you say that? Because they obeyed something. They obeyed some instructions that you gave them. And once they complied to your set standards or your rules or your regulations, then you deem them obedient. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You can't be obedient until you first obey. Now read what 1 Samuel 22 says. It says, so Samuel said, has, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Look at what he says here. He says, behold, to obey... It's better than sacrifice. It actually says to obey is better than sacrifice. All right. And when you look up obedience, obedience means the act of obeying. But to obey is to comply with something. So the scripture is saying to comply with God's word, to comply with God's rules, to comply with God's regulations. That's better than sacrifice. Once you comply, then you're obedient. You're not obedient until you first obey. Scripture says, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And he says, and, and to heed than the fat of rams. And look at what he says in verse 23. He says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. What did he just say? 
Maybe your Bible's different. Let me look. Let me see if it says something. No, it says the same thing. That's interesting. It says the same exact thing. Hmm. Maybe we should read that again. Because actually in the list over in, in Galatians 5.20, notice it said idolatry and then it says sorcery or witchcraft. And I'm trying not to jump to witchcraft just yet, but we can see that it's brought up first in this verse. So it's interesting over in Galatians, it says idolatry and witchcraft or idolatry and sorcery. And here the scripture is telling us that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as idolatry. So, so Paul's also saying in Galatians 5.20, he's saying, now the works of the flesh are evident, stubbornness and rebellion. Stubbornness is idolatry? Well, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says it's, it's, it's on par with idolatry. Y'all know some, some stubborn folk? Idolaters! Not Christians, of course. You know, Christians, we, we don't do that. We don't do those things. We live holy. That's what we do. Right? Saints, that's what we do. We, we live holy. Amen. Right? You believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, right? When he said, you used to be that. He said, it's not you anymore. He said, wash folk can't be fornicators. Justified folk can't be liars. Sanctified folk can't be murderers. It's what you used to do. Such were some of you. So, so, there aren't any saints in here that are rebellious. There aren't any saints in here that are stubborn. Right? Right? We don't have any witches and idolaters in here, right? <laughs> stubbornness. What's stubbornness? Stubborn folk press and urge stuff. Mm -hmm. Amen. And push. They're insolent, according to biblical definition. And then, they're arrogant and presumptuous, according to biblical definition. So if I, if, if my goodness, according to the scripture, folks that are constantly pressing and urging and pushing, those that are insolent, those that are presumptuous, those that are arrogant, Bible says you're no different than the idolater. Might as well go worship a false god. Same thing. Holiness message always gets them quiet, gets them sober, gets them listening. But this is what, this is the prerequisite for the money stuff and the blessing stuff and the prosperity and that harvest stuff we like to hear. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Well, no, no, go to Colossians 3.5. Go to Colossians 3.5. Colossians. Now let's start with verse 1 because it's good to see where we are now and then look at where we used to be. Paul likes to do this. He likes to inform us and let us know. Hey, hey, guess what? Here's where you are now. This is what you used to do. Here, here's who you are and here's who they are. And you used to be a they, but you're no longer a they. You're now a you. All right. Yous don't practice sin. Only theys do. Theys practice sin. Yous practice righteousness. All right. It's, it's us and them. Sometimes people don't like to hear that, but that's what the Bible says. Yeah. Paul does it all the time. He says, we. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who's he talking to? Saints. Saints. Colossians. And why? He's going to do it right here. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ. So he's talking to the saved folk. The Christians. He says, if you were raised with Christ, then seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. He says, set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Remember when Jesus said, you're mindful of worldly things? You're mindful of, worthy, of, of worldly things. You're mindful of the things of man. You're not mindful of the things of God. And how do we get to a place like that? Our mind is set on earthly things. We understand that there are earthly things and we will encounter earthly things. But where's our mindset? He says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. He says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Wow. What did he just say in verse 3? He said 
that when you come into Christ, you can't find you anymore. You only find Christ. You only see Christ. You only live Christ. Verse 4, when Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5. Therefore, since, since, right? That's why we start the verse, I mean, that's why we start a sentence with therefore, because of what we just said. He says, if, he says, if you were raised with Christ, or since you've been raised with Christ, therefore, do what? Put to death. Who's supposed to put to death? So why are we still praying for stuff like this? Lord, take it away. Lord, help me. David said that he, or the Bible says that David strengthened himself in God. He didn't ask for more strength. He strengthened himself in God. He says, you put to death your members which are on the earth. And then he doesn't list the members. He lists what the members he says, put to death your members which are on the earth. Put to death the member that causes you to fornicate. Put to death the member or members that bring about uncleanness. Put to death the members that bring about the selfish passion. Put to death the members that would bring about the evil desire. Put to death the members that bring about covetousness, which is idolatry. Uh-oh, now covetousness is idolatry. Oh, I ne I, I'm not an idolater. I, I serve God only. But you covet and you're stubborn. Idolater. <laughs> Bible says you're no different. Covet. Just want what somebody else has. Want what they have. Don't want to do the work that they did to get what they have. Covetousness. What is it? Avarice. Greed. Greed. Greediness. Greedy practices, greedy desires, the desire to just have more, just want more, want more for yourself. That's, that's greed, is wanting it all for you. Gosh, did Paul just say that? I mean, I was over in Samuel and stubbornness is as idolatry and, and now he says covetousness is idolatry. Should I keep reading? Yeah. <laughs> now let's go back to, let's go to 1 Corinthians 10 now. Yes, you see how, you see how idolatry can subtly creep into the life of the believer who firmly believes that they would never commit or practice or do any such thing. Because our mind goes to the other gods and we would never worship them. But do we covet? And are we stubborn? 1 Corinthians 10. Now, who is Paul writing to again? Christians. And in verse 14, he says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Why do you have to tell a Christian to run from idolatry? Now, <laughs> you know, it's interesting which things the Bible tells you to flee from. It doesn't tell you to flee from everything. Now, you should flee from everything, but it's interesting that when it comes to fleeing, Flee from sex. <laughs> Run from it. And flee from idolatry and flee, flee you for lust. And not until you do that will the devil flee from you. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Why, why are you telling? I'm a believer. I'm a saint. You're telling me to run from it? Get away from it? Really? What's going on? Oh, let's back up. Look at verse 1 in this same chapter. 
many, there's many ways the idols crept into our life as believers. Actually, some, some pagan gods crept in too. And somehow we, we, we pledged allegiance and swore oaths to two different gods. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in his ways. Jesus says, listen, watch this. When Jesus said that you can't serve two, he wasn't saying that you, the person, the individual, can't choose to be a hypocrite and serve two gods. What he's saying is when it comes to, uh, when it comes to, here's what he was saying. You can't serve me and somebody else and expect me to respond to you when you make your requests and your petitions and you ask and you see when you're not going to find and it won't be answered because you're serving somebody else. You can't serve me and someone else. Now you got folk out there that do it. So it wasn't saying you don't have the ability to like it's impossible. It's saying this is a no-no. You shall not do it. First Corinthians 10.1, he says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud, in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And guess what? That rock was who? Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters. Once again, just think about it for a second. Why would you have to tell a believer in Christ not to become an idolater? Do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play. It says, nor let us commit, commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and they were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is what? Faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And then he says what? Therefore. Flee idolatry. Now, let's keep reading in this same chapter because there are some things that we can read here. That maybe we haven't found ourselves in this exact situation, but something similar. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. He says, I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourselves what I say. Listen, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? He says, the bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? He says, for we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. Listen now, observe Israel after the flesh are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar. This is what am I saying then? He says that an idol is anything. No, what, he's asking another question. He says, what am I saying then? That an idol is anything or what is offered to idols is anything. He says rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. He says, and I don't want you to have fellowship with demons. Now listen to what he says here. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. See what's he saying here? He's talking about, he's talking about that. So you can't go both ways. That's right. So you can't be lukewarm. So you can't bless and curse out of the same mouth. So you can't act like you're saved one day. See, be like Peter and play the hypocrite. Over in Galatians 2, Paul had to come and rebuke him. When nobody was looking, he was acting like the former, former Jew outside of Christ that he was. So he would sometimes act like the unsaved Jews and sometimes he'd act like the saved Jew. Paul had to rebuke him for that. 
So he says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. So you can't do both. He says, because if you're doing both, then that's idolatry. Y'all still with me? Yes. Now, holiness is a set-apart lifestyle. I don't live like I used to live, and I don't live like them. I do not live like I used to live, and I do not live like they currently live. I'm set apart. So I live a set-apart lifestyle. I live a lifestyle that is distinctly different Amen. than, once again, what I used to live. And what they currently live. Now, that encompasses quite a bit. There's a lot that we as believers, we don't do. It's a no-no for us. That's just it. And there are certain things that we can participate in where we initially think it's okay to do it. But we don't realize that we are entering into the door of idolatry. This message is not for the faint-hearted. That's right. We're going to cover some things that are heavy. And some of you might get offended. I pray that you don't take offense. Because please know that what I'm saying is to help you and it's for your own good. And, and if I have to make a choice, if I only have two options, your feelings or your lives, well, guess what I'm going with? Tuesday night on them. <laughs> he says, flee from idolatry. Just run from it. He shows us that, number one, when we let other things lord over our life, our life that becomes an idol. Therefore, it's idolatry. Same word tells us that the stubbornness that we engage in is what? It's idolatry. He says that what? The covetousness that we engage in is what? It's idolatry. See, this is how idolatry creeps into the church. This is how the believer can also be or practice or commit the act of idolatry or do the act of idolatry. Not by blatantly going after other gods because initially you wouldn't do that because Jesus is your Savior and Lord and he's who you worship and he's who you pray to every day. But you're doing these other things that the Bible calls idolatry. And if the Bible says something is something, then that something is the something the Bible says it is. But what about other gods? Have other gods, and I don't mean making something a god, but I mean gods that are actually gods, have they crept into the life of believers somehow, in some way? Sure they have. Now, this is for this is for parents who may have some teens that are about to head to college. Maybe some that are in college right now. Maybe some that have graduated college and maybe they're not heavily involved in what I'm about to talk about, but there's still that connection there because the tie was never severed. I'm going to make a statement. Some of y'all ain't feel me. But once again, feelings, lives. Okay. If you're a Christian, if you call yourself a child of God, you have no business being in a fraternity 
a sorority or any type of Freemasonry. Okay. Now watch this. I firmly believe that most get involved with these things because they don't know. Some, some know, but I believe most don't. I'll, I'll never forget when I was uh, approached brief, my brief time at Long Beach State, and I, I was approached by, uh, <laughs> I was approached by uh, some frat brothers. Well, I can't call them brothers because I wasn't in their frat, so they weren't my brothers, but I was approached by a fraternity for, I guess, recruiting or whatever. And, um, and I even remembered in high school, you know, you kind of consider it because it, it's glorified. You know, what it makes you, though, it makes you a part of the elite. And now you're in and no longer out. Right, but see, whenever you start dealing with elite, uh, secrets, uh, brotherhood, uh, fraternal, stay away. Yeah, yeah. Because see, we as kingdoms of, of uh, we as citizens of the kingdom, we're part of society too, but ain't nothing secret about it. Okay. Say, so watch this. In order to come to Satan, you have to humiliate yourself. But in order to come to Christ, you simply have to humble yourself. Yeah. Now, as I stated, I believe most, they don't know, thought it was a cool thing to do, wanted to be accepted. Maybe there was something that happened in the home. Maybe there wasn't some acceptance in the home. Maybe there was some rejection. Maybe they had developed uh, uh, an attitude of, of wanting to be within the in crowd and no longer being on the out and the fraternity or the sorority or even the Masonic society offered them that it made that available. But what we don't know or haven't realized or maybe some have just rejected is that there are false gods associated with these things. And you can you can focus on the good that they do. But see, now we're talking about deeds and works. And deeds and works are not what causes you or allows you to be accepted by God. Because there isn't enough work and there aren't enough good deeds that you can do. We're not saved by works, we're saved by faith. Okay? And it's available to us because of the grace of God. But... The fraternity and the sorority and the Freemasonry and any secret society. I don't care how much good they do at their core and their root. They're not of God. They're not. Now, here's how idolatry has crept into the lives of believers because Christians are calling themselves Masons and Christians are still are still uh, uh, tied to their frat and their sorority and you can't do both and I'll show you in the scripture I told you this is not, not the comfortable one this is not this it's not it's not the fun message it's not the pixie dust message you know <laughs> It's the stuff that, that folk don't want to talk about. It's, it's the stuff that gets swept under the rug. And it's the stuff that's still present in people's lives and they just wonder why everything's not quite working out. Let's go first to Let's see. 
Um, go to Deuteronomy. I may have to bring you guys some images because the images will, will really enhance some of what I'm saying. For right now, I'll go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I did not uh, intend to do this, but the Holy Spirit was, was, he, he was bothering me uh, l- last night. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. Now let me tell you what is associated with stuff like what we're talking about. Swearing oaths, branding. Hazing, which they say is, doesn't happen as much. Ceremonies. Anytime you're in a place and you're wearing hooded cloaks and, and, and there's candles around and it's a dark cavernous dungeon, something's wrong with this image. You can't become a part of any of these things without swearing oaths to someone. And yet many believe that they're both Christian and Deuteronomy chapter 6. Ooh, and this is about to be heavy, so... Verse 13, you shall fear the Lord your God. Watch this. Now, now watch this. This is Old Testament. And look at what God is saying here to his people. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and you shall take oaths in his name. This is what you shall do. Now, what are oaths? Oaths are sworn their charges to to take an oath is to swear or swear an oath or swear to God. This is Old Testament now. This is this is this is the law. Now in the church today we teach you don't swear regarding anything. And you know as kids sometimes we would do stuff like this. I swear. Right? Because when you swore, that was heavier than a promise. It was bad enough if you promised. If you promised, you had to deliver. But if you swore, oh man, you better show up. And we had levels of swearing. You know we had levels of swearing. You swore on nothing. You swore on your mama. Or you swore to God. It was one of the three. Today, folks will put it on their mama or put it on their kids. We play around with these words loosely. We're, we're implying that I'm serious about what I'm saying, but those are heavy words. Listen, you shall fear the Lord your God and serve him. You shall take oaths in his name. And then look at verse 14. And you shall not go after other gods. The gods of the people who are all around you, for the Lord your God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. Notice that verse 14 immediately follows verse 13. What, what's being said here? This is that you swear oaths to God, but you cannot swear oaths to other gods. What does he say? Fear the Lord, serve the Lord. Take oaths in the name of the Lord, but don't go after other gods. Because when you go after other gods, you will have to take oaths in their name. And you can't do both. Ezekiel 21. Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, like, 
Joshua asked for more time. Son needs to stay up a little bit longer than normal. Okay, watch this. Look at verse 18, Ezekiel 21, 18. The word of the Lord came to me again saying, And son of man, appoint for yourself two ways for the sword of the king of Babylon to go. What did he say? Appoint two ways for the king of Babylon to go. Give the king of Babylon what? Two ways to go. Both of them shall go from what? The same land. Make a sign, put it at the head of the road to the city. Appoint a road for the sword to go to Rabbah of the Ammonites and to Judah and to fortify Jerusalem. Watch this. For the king of Babylon does what? Stands at the, or the, what we would call the fork in the road. The king of Babylon stands at the parting of the road and at the fork of the two roads. What's he waiting to do? Use divination. What's divination? Witchcraft. Divining. Those that practice divination are called diviners. Alright? It's black magic. It's, it's, it's witchcraft. To use divination, he shakes the arrows, he consults the images, he looks at the liver. Watch this. In his right hand is the divination for Jerusalem. To set up battering rams, to call for a slaughter, to lift the voice with shouting, to set battering rams against the gates, to heap up a siege mount, and to build a wall. And it will be to them like a false divination in the eyes of those who have sworn oaths with them. But he will bring their iniquity to remembrance that they may be taken. There's that swearing oaths again. Now watch this. This is what I love about the Bible. Because that one English word that we have could be two or three Hebrew words with different meanings. And these different meanings give us different illumination of things regarding the scriptures. Look at Habakkuk chapter 3. Y'all did that on purpose. That's just, you did that on purpose. Talking about who? Habakkuk, Habakkuk. I know y'all. <laughs> now, we, we defined oaths in Deuteronomy, didn't we? Yeah. Right? You swear them. You swear them to a higher power. But look at this word here. It's how idolatry got in. Because in college, we, we, some of us, we, we swore oaths to false goddesses. Trying to become a part of a, an elite group. I never forget when I was being recruited, I was told I'd have brothers for life. And because there are different chapters all around the country, I got brothers that I don't even know. Relationships that I haven't even fostered, but this, this group, because we've sworn the same oaths that binds us together. That's a scary thought, actually. Habakkuk. Chapter 3, verse 9. It says, your bow was made quite ready. Oaths were sworn over your arrows. Selah, you divided the earth with rivers. But guess what? This word oaths, see, we don't know what we're doing when we're swearing oaths. We don't, we don't realize what we're also allowing into our life. And because we allow it into our life, then it's going to affect our family line. And this word oaths. It means something sworn, but specifically, it means a curse sworn. A sworn curse. Yeah. So we get in these elite groups and we make oaths and we, and we swear. We don't realize in some cases we're cursing ourselves. Now, you've already committed to being redeemed from the curse of the law, and then you let some curse in. Now, watch this. You can't both be the redeemed from the curse of the law and swear oaths to false gods and goddesses. They curse you, and you claim you're redeemed from the curse. Can't be both. 
But see, that's idolatry. You can't be a part of a fraternity without idolatry. You can't be a part of a sorority without idolatry involved. And I know you, you in your heart, you're saved. Yeah, you're saved, but you didn't let some stuff in. All right, you can't have both. You got to let go of one. You have to denounce what you announced. Zephaniah. That's right after. Y'all leave me alone. <laughs> oh, I have to finish this. I have to finish. I'm not going to finish it all, but I have to finish these few verses. And then we'll come back next time and we'll teach on it the whole hour. And then we're going to do something after that's going to be special. Zephaniah chapter 1. I'm, I'm going to finish these verses. Um, I hope that I can do it within the time, but if not. Oh, goodness. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 1. Listen. The word of the Lord came, which came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushai, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. Chapter 2. Look how God starts it off. Hey, I want y'all to know, I will utterly consume everything from the face of the land, says the Lord. And I will consume man and beast, and I will consume the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, and the stumbling blocks along with the wicked. I will cut off man from the face of the land, says the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will cut off every trace of all. Baal from this place the names of the idolatrous priests with the pagan priests watch this those who worship the host of heaven on the housetops watch this those who worship and swear oaths by the Lord but they also swear by Milcom and who's Milcom literally the god of abortion also known as Molech or Malek depending on who was naming him, if it was the Ammonites or the Moabites. It was the same guy. And children were offered to him as sacrifices. And people wonder why abortions fought so much. Now watch this. If you, I don't, I'm not, oh, I don't mean to go here right now, but listen, if, you've, if, you had an, if you had an abortion before you got saved and then you got saved, it is covered by the blood. Okay? And even if while you were saved, you had an abortion, God has forgiven you, it's covered by the blood. So when I talk about it, don't you feel guilty, don't you let the devil bring that back up, you're forgiven for it. But I'm going to talk about it. Now he says that you got to quit when you're out of time. So this message has been a blessing to you. Now saints, I, yes, I know it was powerful, but it's truth. It's Bible truth. If you are Christian, you are supposed to be following the word when he's teaching it and receiving it and make the necessary changes in your life. Now, if you want to hear this entire message, it was a series that he taught. You can go to ever increasing faith ministry store and you can um, type in the pursuit of holiness, exposing idolatry. And those tapes will pop up. They are using um, flash drives now. Thumb drives, flash drives. I'm old school, thumb drives. And um, you can purchase it. And let me tell you, it is an experience that you probably have never experienced before, but it, it's, it is truth. A lot of people are involved in worshiping idol gods and don't know it. And I just might play the next episode next week. I don't know. It depends. Uh, once I get to next week and, and if the spirit tells me to move forward with my new message, I will. And if the spirit tells me to, and I'm talking about the Holy spirit, let's make that clear that I can move forward with this next episode so that you can hear him talk about some more things concerning, uh, abortion and stuff like that. Um, one thing I want you to leave away with this toward the end if you had an abortion, you covered in the blood. Remember, the Apostle John says that if I confess my sins, 
God is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Then you turn away from sin. You don't call yourself being a Christian and because you under the blood, I can practice sin. No. Remember the apostle Paul said that if you practice sin, you are of the devil. Now that came out of the um, apostle John's mouth. But the apostle Paul also said that if you practice sin, you don't know God. No, they are on the same page, saints. They were called by Christ uh, to be his apostles. And we should be following in the doctrine, which is teachings of the apostles. So we have some pastors and bishops have gone rogue. They're teaching their own thing. And I suggest that you stay away from them. Yeah, I suggest that. And I'm saying this in love. I just want everyone to know the truth. That way you can make a choice because God is not making you do anything. You have a, you have choices. You either choose to do the right thing and that is the godly thing and live holy, or you choose to do the wrong thing. And that is the ungodly thing and live with the devil. And you can't serve both in your heart. You may think you are a Christian, but if you are practicing sin and you feel good about it, there are no convictions. You, you, the love of God is not shared abroad in your heart by the Holy spirit. That, that, it's not there, saints. It's not. I've been there, done that. That's why when I teach, I know what I'm talking about. I've been there, done that. Um, now, just because you may stumble or you may uh, get involved in some stuff that you are not aware of, you can't be held accountable for that if you're not aware of it. But when you are made aware of it, uh, you need to, to go into some deep thought and do some serious thinking and say, look, do I want to follow Christ? Do I want to follow the true and living God or do I want to live for the world? And, and, and you already know if, if you live for the world, if you love the world, the love of the father is not in you. Absolutely not. If you love the world, you are an enemy to God. So saints, I hope, uh, this day finds you and your family. Well, I hope you were blessed by this message. I, I, I pray uh, peace and deliverance over you and your family, protection over you and your family, healing over you and your family in the name of Jesus. With that said, peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App, dollar sign, Dr. Kamala D. That's dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now until next time, saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time. Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla D. Here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth, not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. <laughs>